into a sort of a, a spur of the moment episode that I'm recording for the Digital Dispatch Podcast. My name is Blythe Brunley. I am your host and I am fresh off of a, let's see, over the last 30 days, I've just completed three conferences in 30 days. Um, kind of recommend, kind of absolutely do not recommend. It's been, you know, a serious drain, I guess, but also a, a an opportunity to learn from so many different people from so many, you know, different aspects of the industry. My, my 30 days of conferences started off with the Freightways F- Future of Supply Chain Conference in Rogers, Arkansas. That was around, I had to fly out the day after the Kentucky Derby. So if you've ever been to a Kentucky Derby or a Kentucky Derby party, you know how a little, um, challenging that can be. So, uh, but survived that first leg of the conference tour, came back, worked in the office for a couple weeks, frantically trying to get a lot of content done and a lot of planning done because the largest leg of this sort of 33 conferences over 30 days trek was coming over Memorial Day weekend. And over Memorial Day weekend, it's also my boyfriend's birthday. So in between the Memorial Day weekend conference called PodFest, which happened in Orlando, Florida, which is just a short drive from from Jacksonville, Florida, decided to make it sort of a a multi-experience trip, like I try to do with a lot of different conferences. Um, But for the PodFest conference in Orlando, we squeezed in a quick trip to Universal Studios, checked out um, the new Velocicoaster ride over at Universal Studios, which is absolutely incredible, but that is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about the last part of the trip, which as soon as we got back from PodFest and Universal a few days down there, we were back in Jacksonville for a couple of days before leaving to go to Disney for a few days, which I'm a Disney annual pass holder. This podcast is also not about that, but it is about the last part of the trip, which is the TMSA, the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association conference, annual conference that happened also in Orlando, Florida at the beautiful Gaylord Resort and Spa. And let me just tell you, I cannot begin to describe how much fun this conference was. I mean, all the conferences are great. Of course, I kind of have to say that. But if I have to put them on a tier, I have to say that the, the TMSA conference at the Gaylord just blew me away. I've never been surrounded by so many folks that have shared a similar position to me, a similar role as a, you know, sort of a one person marketing team that's trying to make it all happen in addition to, you know, running their business or in addition to all of the different responsibilities that is at, that are really asked of a lot of marketing and sales professionals in the transportation and logistics industry. We're working with limited budgets, we're working with really small teams, and so how do we make an impact of what we want to to do and what we want to say and, you know, the goal that we're trying to help our companies reach. How do we do that on a limited time and a limited budget? So the TMSA conference was um, pretty incredible. And I I have a few takeaways that I just wanted to share um, as sort of a little bit of a a, a backstory over the last, during all of these different conferences, I've been recording content on the road. So in order for my immediate thoughts to be shared on a future Cyberly episode where a lot of my insights come from, I wanted to just go ahead and just hop on the mic and do a really quick rundown of the top. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. I have six things on my little quick post-it note that I wanted to touch on, but 
Since we're going to be having recorded interviews play for future Cyberly episodes, this deserved a little one-off episode. So, so let me go ahead and dive in after I've had a few days to sort of recover. I did the calculations this morning and it was close to 65 total miles walked between these three conferences slash uh, theme park visits that I attended <laughs> 65 miles, which um, yes, my feet are a hot mess. I need to get a pedicure very soon. My my ankles are still a little sore. My shins are still a little sore. The whole body aches. I've been sleeping like a rock ever since I got back, um, but just loaded with new insights, new information. So I'd like to share that with you now. What I learned at TMSA is the the power of collaboration over competition. This one was I honestly, you know, we say that phrase and it's it's kind of rare to find it in other people that genuinely do want to share the insights and the training and the tips of things that they have learned along the way. It honestly has been a over, you know, 10 plus years of creating content online. I have only recently learned how freeing it can be. And when I say recently, I, I mean really since COVID. Since COVID happened is really when I, I let go of the boundaries of sharing insight online for free. And when you start sharing your thoughts and your processes and the, the the way you do things and why, when you let go of that sort of, I guess, intellectual, uh, proprietary sort of mindset that these are my ideas that I've learned over years and years and years, I don't want anybody else to share them. I don't want to, or I don't want anybody else to know them because I don't want somebody else stealing my secrets. And I had that mindset for a very long time because I put a lot of time and energy into the research of the things that I do. But over the last couple of years, I've just sort of freed myself from that barrier because I find the more that I share my philosophy of how I think about marketing, how I think about business, and how I'm constantly improving what those thoughts processes look like, I'm perfectly fine with sharing the journey now. And it's so much more freeing because then you can really let somebody on in on. And when I say somebody, I mean other people who work at other companies that might potentially hire me. Um, thinking from that mindset and thinking from the collaboration over community my, or collaboration over competition mindset is one of those things that when you start sharing powerful information, then other people start gravitating towards you and you start gravitating towards other people that share that same mindset as well. You know, the sort of the phrase of the rising tide lifts all sails. That, and that's really what I experienced at this conference. I mean, there were people that I was asking, you know, what software are you using? What uh, strategies do you still believe in? What strategies do you not? Or, or, or do you think that are a waste of time? What annoys you within the industry? I was able to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with a variety of people for at companies that are, you know, a variety of different sizes from the marketers that have a team of 25 people to the people who are just starting to, to even think about hiring maybe a content writer or somebody to help with SEO or, or, or another marketing role that they really need help with. So there, that 
sort of mindset, that collaboration over competition mindset, I thought was incredibly valuable. And it was wild to see so many other folks within the same industry that I work that I they had never heard of 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 Cyberly. They had never heard of digital dispatch. You know, we've been focusing on freight marketing research for the last three or not freight marketing research, but freight marketing just really well, yeah. I mean, I guess freight marketing research is is at the core of of really what we do because we want to make sure that all of our, you know, web clients and and managed website services and that we're always staying ahead of the game and and making content around those different strategies of playing in our own sandbox before we, you know, it, tell anybody else about what we're doing. So thinking from that mindset, um, that's where a lot of the the power of these conversations really shined through from all different sides of the marketing coin within the transportation, logistics, supply chain industry. So that was really great to see. The second one I want to talk about is TikTok and Facebook. It is, first of all, it's remarkable to me that so many transportation companies are dabbling in TikTok now. They're finding success. They are doing experiments. They are playing around with, you know, different styles of content that they like. And, you know, it's not necessarily dancing videos. Really, a lot of them actually were enthusiastically anti-dancing videos. And they just wanted to share insight and just be funny and just, you know, do silly things on the internet to try to, you know, create a community around their brand, around their company in order to recruit employees, uh, increase brand awareness, that sort of thing. So it was really cool to see the amount of, of people who embrace a new social media platform like TikTok. And I know TikTok has been around for a while, but in freight, it's very, it has historically been very challenging to get this industry to adopt newer ways of marketing thinking. And I think that that's sort of just it, it, industry endemic, that, that that is just something that has always gone on in this industry. So when you see a newer platform take hold, like it has it really in every other sector of our lives, when, especially when it comes to uh, direct-to-consumer and and that sort of, uh, I guess, marketing approach where, where you know, the brands are going directly to the consumer instead of, you know, more of an, a B2B type environment, which I would still kind of classify uh, logistics and transportation is definitely within B2B, but we're all, you know, it's all B2C. It's all B2C marketing brands trying to get in front of a consumer who may eventually use their services or, you know, refer their services to somebody who may be interested in working in this industry. So it was really exciting to see that side of the coin. But then also my thought of Facebook is a dying social media company. You're wasting your time being on that platform as being really challenged because there were several people that actively use Facebook within this industry, within the talks that I attended, within the people that I spoke to. Predominantly, they say that they are the most active on Facebook and on TikTok, which I thought was really two different sides of the same marketing goal and how you're going to go after and achieve them. I, and a lot of them, their next platform that they admitted that they need to start growing. And, you know, we're the, I think a lot of the, the times that the quote that was used is we're getting back into LinkedIn as if they had started up a LinkedIn page, you know, years ago, never really messed with it. But because of the growth within the freight community on LinkedIn, they are now considering adding that back into their marketing mix. So the two platforms that, you know, all of the people that I spoke to personally, which is anecdotal, I know of 
of course, um, but also by, you know, a show of hands of in different panels of who was using what social media platform in order to, you know, market their freight business. It was Facebook and it was TikTok predominantly. So I thought that that was really, really fascinating as far as, you know, point number two of the takeaways from the TMSA conference. The, the number three kind of ties in with the TikTok and Facebook, and that's the LinkedIn comeback. That phrase of we're getting back into LinkedIn really hit home for a lot of carriers who want to develop that one-on-one relationship with shippers. Uh, the same thing for for 3PLs. People want to develop these more deeper relationships with the, they want to skip the middleman and they want to go right to the people who are making the decisions. They don't want to, you know, pick up a, you know, make a cold call a thousand times a day in order to find the right person that they should be speaking to when instead they can just market themselves and market their personal brand on LinkedIn. And, and that's where they can sort of take their marketing career or their sales career. And even from an executive perspective as well, and really get back into LinkedIn and start posting right Regularly because they're seeing the success of, of some of the folks that were at this at the TMSA conference. Chris Jolly and Trey Griggs come to mind. They were one of the first people that I started networking with when all the conferences went virtual. Really, that first um, FreightWaves main event that went virtual. And that was really where a lot of us connected online, especially during lockdowns, especially during those first few months of COVID when the world was kind of spinning and we weren't really sure what direction we were going to end up in. And so uh, it's been a couple of years, but now seeing all of the folks that have built up their own personal brand since that time, it's really, it's taken years. So now it's starting to get that word of mouth that, hey, this LinkedIn actually works for a lot of folks within our industry. And and you don't necessarily have to um, make it all about the company page. You can make it about your personal brand too. So I thought that that was um, a, a neat little insight as to how people are thinking about reframing what LinkedIn and what the goals of LinkedIn. It's more of a personal approach rather than a business approach. Even though there are some companies who are definitely doing both from a company page perspective and from their own personal LinkedIn page, but you know, really focusing on the latter, I, I think was a priority for a lot of folks in those rooms. All right. Well, the next one that I thought was a really good takeaway is where the big marketing teams exist. And I'll tell you, it's not on the 3PL side and it's not on the carrier side. It is 1000% on the software side of things where the marketers that I met that had multiple teams on their, that had multiple team members within marketing, that they were all pretty much software or SaaS based companies. And I think that that is sort of indicative of how, you know, so we talk a lot about the old school mindset. Well, the old school mindset really exists on the 3PL and on the carrier side of things where you have a few standouts that are making them, making their names known on different social media platforms uh, within carriers and, and, and within the broker space. But it's really about the SaaS companies that have the capacity in order to just hammer that home of who they are, what they do, the problems that they solve, um, the rest of their marketing team. You know, Obviously, they have the vision at the head of the, the marketing department that then reports to the executive team, but then they also have a team of internal marketers that strictly focus one person stroke 
uh, focuses specifically on one social media network. That's what some of these software companies are doing. One person focuses on Instagram. One person focuses on LinkedIn. One person focuses on advertisement. Then they have a handful of designers. And um, so that's how a lot of these different companies are structured. Uh, but for on the carrier and on the 3PL side of things, it is 100% still this one person marketing team that is making all of that work. You might get lucky with some different transportation companies that have you know, maybe one hire that they've added on recently. And nine times out of 10, that person that they're going to add on is going to be a writer because being writing is such an essential skill of all the different aspects of marketing. That's the the best bang for your buck that you're going to get bonus points if that person that is a writer can also articulate those whatever they're writing can, can articulate that on camera. Um, so that's really where a lot of these different hires are, are, are being made is that you have the one person that can kind of manage and do it all for a little while. And then when they make that first hire or when they're given the budget to make that first hire, they're going after the writers who may or may not dabble in, in you know, articulating their thoughts on camera. So that was another interesting note. And then where the last one that I want to talk about is the lack of marketing data that we get, we talk about you know sort of the the rise of of software in this space, um, the software adoptions, how it seems like there there's a different software platform to handle every single problem within this industry, except for marketing. And I could make the argument that Martech already covers a lot of the needs that marketing needs um, from from that I guess sort of problem solving and content creation distribution from that lens. But the API integrations or lack thereof between, you know, warehouse management systems, fleet management software, um, TMS systems, of course, all of these different major players in this game lack the integrations from for marketing departments. It's where marketing departments don't even the, the the people that I spoke to, especially ones that have you know a, a one or two people that they have on their marketing team, they do not even touch the TMS system or the WMS system. And and to me, that's where I it, back in my days when I worked at a three PL and out of four PL, I would try to dabble inside of the TMS systems to see if I could get some kind of information. I. I I thought from from a, a theoretical standpoint that I could look at a TMS and be able to pick out which commodities are are shipping, you know, around a certain time. Produce is a, is a great example. Uh, let's use pumpkins for example. Pumpkins are going to be shipping what over the summer in order to get to where they need to go. And you need to read it for the fall. So September, October, even November to an extent, you know, you got to get those pumpkin shipments out, but you got to connect with those farmers months in advance. And so from that lens as a marketer, I want to be able to create that content plan, uh, that content calendar in advance. So I want to be able to look into the TMS system and see what kind of, of fluctuations between different commodities that I could be creating content for ahead of time to help the sales team go after those different accounts. So uh, that kind of data just did not exist. I could not go into the system and run that particular report in order to better plan out my marketing campaigns. I didn't want sales running up to me the day before they leave for a conference and asking me to make a PowerPoint template. Okay, well, what's the PowerPoint template on? What are we covering? What problems are we solving? There's not enough time. 
And salespeople typically, in my experience, do not think that far in advance. It's more of those last minute requests. So for me as a marketer, and especially as a one person marketer, I was always trying to get ahead of the game. And that just didn't exist in the software, you know, 10 years ago when I was an executive assistant. But still to this day, it doesn't exist. And it, sort of astounds me that in in today's world that we cannot, you know, from an API integration perspective, that I can take my CRM software and directly connect into different so in, into a different TMS in order to get that kind of insight on how I can better plan my campaigns in the future. I know that some CRMs have, you know, an additional widget that you can buy for an extra 10 grand a month that is a CRM and email-based system, but those things are typically very very crappy compared to the Martech solutions that already exist. So I have no reason to log into the TMS platform in order to use their crappy CRM when I have, you know, a really great HubSpot system or I have a really great, you know, email marketing campaign set up and something like Active Campaign. So I have these systems and these processes already set up in a software that's very superior to the custom built version that these TMS providers are are handing out. And it's just, I think it's really frustrating. I think it's a really, uh, I think it's an opportunity for some of these platforms, for a lot of this freight tech SaaS to, to go into that new direction of creating these API integrations so that you can, as a marketer, make those better decisions and set your sales team up for success. Because when your sales team wins, when you're sending them, you know, it, it leads that are, you know, of high value you that have a higher rate of closing, then they're, they will better respect the systems that you're trying to put into place, the marketing campaigns that you're you're creating, the endless you know hours of, of you know customer feedback that we typically are asking from sales. It saves them a lot of time. It trusts that it allows them to trust us more that we know we'll just what the hell we're doing, and then it empowers us to be more data driven because you know as these new situations arise with our, our regular everyday economy. Um, it affects the, the, the business side of things as well. And cuts are going to be made. That's what happens in a recession. So in that recession, you as a marketer, as a salesperson, you need to be prepared with making data-driven decisions and honestly doing more with less. You're going to be asked to do more because that's what happens during a recession is that marketing budgets get slashed. You may have the, or, or you may want to hire on a writer in the near future. And that sounds wonderful, but you are very lucky if you work at a company right now that is prioritizing that. So until you get to that level, until things are a little, you know, less shaky, then we're going to have to rely on ourselves in order to, to make better data-driven decisions. And, and that is sort of how I want to wrap this entire conversation up is because, in the coming months, maybe in the coming years, it, it's going to be challenging. It, it, that's the role of the modern day marketer. But knowing how you're going to get to that end goal ROI and reverse engineering how to get there is going to be the best thing that you can do from your marketing career perspective, because there are going to be a lot of marketers, a lot of businesses that aren't going to be strong in the coming months. But now is the time and, and, and knowing everything that we learned from each other over the last couple of years and then learning in person at the TMSA event, I can safely say that a, a lot of strong marketers don't have to be worried at all. 
But if you haven't already started making those decisions on, you know, how you can make better data-driven decisions that don't take away from the creative experiments that you want to run, I think that you are going to be set up for a massive success in the years to come. I, I am incredibly bullish on the perspective of that marketers that are making data-driven decisions that also create the balance of or have the balance of creativity and experimentation built in to how much you can carve away from just being directly, you know, sort of data. It, it, it's a little, I'm, I'm probably uh, babbling a little bit too much about it, but it's walking that fine line of being able to creatively experiment by seeing what's going on in the marketing or in the marketing world, a la TikTok, a la you know Reels, um, YouTube Shorts, where you can see different fluctuations of where attention is being spent online, and you can experiment there. But you're also making those data-driven decisions on how many leads are we getting to our key landing pages. On those landing pages, are those users converting into booking a demo, booking a meeting, you know, asking for a quote? And then how many of those people that have actually like booked a meeting with you or have asked for a quote have eventually become a customer. So we need to be able to walk that fine line of doing both of those key things that drive that demand generation, that divide, that that d define, you know, where we're going to spend our time and attention and money based on where our audience is spending that time, attention and money. So you we need to be able to make these these decisions and we need to be able to do a lot of the things, but not all of the things. So being able to to look at the data-driven solutions, but also being able to creatively experiment and create that deeper connection with our customers, that is going to build the strongest sort of like a super marketer that is going to be able to, to have a job really uh, anywhere they want to work, whether it's inside this industry, whether it's outside of this industry, as long as you're following that key principle of what is driving the business and what ultimately makes a, makes a prospect become a customer, then you can live in that world of where you can balance the art and science of marketing. And so that that was, you know, sort of a roundabout way of listing, you know, five to six things that were the top takeaways from the transportation marketing and sales conference that happened over the weekend. If you are not a member, I would highly suggest becoming a member. And I don't just say that I should probably already say that, you know, I am a board member of the TMSA, but I have to admit the first few months that I was a part of the TMSA, it was under some other leadership. Um, I think, you know, there was a lot of sort of theories of, you know, this probably isn't the best direction that a marketing and sales association should take. But now, they are under new leadership and the new leadership, Jennifer Carpus remain all the credit should go to her because she has really pulled a more than 90 year old association into the 21st century. And I think that she hit it out of the park with this event over in Orlando. So I think that this is only a sign of the things to come from the TMSA. It's sort of the new TMSA and, and the, the route that they're planning. They have a new website coming out soon um, that should really bring in, you know, their entire, you know, member benefits and all that good stuff. So if you've heard about the TMSA maybe in the past or maybe have never heard of it, whatever you knew about it before, check it out again because they're moving in, in a whole new world and a whole new pathway that really they, they, they should have been on for a while, but they are, you know, there's never, there's, ne there's never a better 
time to make a good decision than right now. So I think that that's exactly what they've been doing over the last, I think she took over in November of last year. Um, so she's made a lot of improvements, a lot of changes, and a lot of those changes are for the better. So um, pat her on the back, congratulate her on a successful event that uh, really inspired me to make this podcast just a few days after getting back from it. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Be on the lookout for the Cyberly episodes coming up over the next month. I think I have enough recorded interviews to last until uh, that first week of July. So all of these conversations are coming from the pros and some fellow marketers within the TMSA. So if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please be sure that you give it a follow on Spotify or Apple, you know, whatever your platform of choice. And if you want to follow me and my work, go check out everythingislogistics.com. That is where I post all of my work, not just, you know, the Cyberly content and social media links and all that good stuff, but a lot of the content resources that I've built up over the last couple of years, I've created different key landing pages that are all on the uh, Everything is Logistics landing page itself. So if you go there, that's kind of like the repository, the home of everything that I do, not only you know for my company, Digital Dispatch, but also for Freight Waves and a few other you know custom projects that I have coming out in the future, which I think you guys will really like as well. But that about does it for this week's episode or this today's episode. I don't even know what day I'm going to post this on, but um, it's uh, a lot of great insight that I couldn't wait to share with y'all. So be on the lookout for more episodes like this in the coming months. Thanks and have a good day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts along with my products and services in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.